What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Cervantes Podcast. Joining me today to discuss the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar and the history of racism in soccer is Lehman College alum and Dub Nation FC soccer player Jimmy Lopez, Hofstra University alum and director of social at the game day Felipe Fontes, and finance ma major and Hofstra University men's soccer player Stefan Mason. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing good. Doing Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for being here. So the World Cup takes place every four years and sees 32 nations compete against each other for the prize. Which teams are you guys rooting for? So obviously, as you can probably tell by my accent, um, I'm rooting for England. Um, it was a tough game the other day against USA, so uh, but I think we're going to bounce back from that. Um, and apart from that, I, you can see in the background as well, that's a Welsh flag behind me. So I'm half Welsh as well. So um, I was rooting for Wales, but um, they're, they're out of it now. So yeah, just England. Okay, nice. And you, Felipe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I was born born in Brazil. Whole family's in Brazil, so uh, naturally Brazil, uh, which seems pretty good after the first game. Obviously, big win there. It was good to be uh, home for Thanksgiving. It's a big family, uh, like watch party and everything. So, uh, hoping that Neymar's injury doesn't doesn't ruin everything right now. I don't think it will because the team's pretty deep. But yeah, Brazil. Nice, nice. And Jimmy. Um, so unfortunately I'm Peruvian and Dominican. So Peru didn't make the World Cup this year. Um, they lost in the in a qualification match against Australia, but nonetheless, um still USA, I guess. But for the most part, I want Argentina to win, but if not, Brazil as well. Um, because I'm a West Ham fan, so I really love Paqueta. He just joined West Ham, so I'll go for Brazil as well. So there's Lionel Messi, Pele, Neymar, and the list goes on. Who do you guys think is the best soccer player of all time or your top five? I'll start with Felipe. All right. Well, hopefully I don't get judged too much by step by, by these two guys who grew up playing soccer. Um, but yeah, no, naturally being uh from Brazil, I you know, I've heard it since I was like baby uh about Pele, you know. Uh, but then I've also heard the arguments from like the younger generation of fans, like our our age, uh, just tell me how. You know, in the as somebody, if Messi played in the fifties, he'd scored thirty five goals a game. So, I understand like the changes and the, the nuances in the games and everything. How everything's changed. I personally would put Messi uh and on my top uh, greatest ever, and I get a lot of hate from my family uh for that. But uh, I think just the skill that he's that he does it. Obviously, the level of play. I'd love to see him play in the uh in the Premier League, which he hasn't. But um, I would I'd put Messi up there. And then uh, I probably have Ronaldo in my top five. I don't say I have a clear cut top five, uh, but obviously a lot of Brazilians uh, come to mind. Uh, Ronaldinho and um, man, there's so many. So uh, I'll just go ahead and say my number one. I'll, I'll go with Messi. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Messi as well. Um, there's a lot of great players. I think Felipe hit the nail on, nail on the head when it comes down to the style of play. How it changes from generation to generation. You can't put a player of today's caliber in, like you said, like a 1950, 1960s game, it'd be a completely different story. I feel like the greatest to ever do it will always be Messi for me. Um, I really, I'm a really big fan of Ronaldinho, but I think it goes Messi, um, Ronaldo, um, Ronaldinho, Pele, and then probably Maradona or R9. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with uh, Jimmy and Felipe. Um, Messi's my number one. Uh, just because of the way he plays is so 
so joyful to watch him play compared to other people, as well as the fact that he's got incredible stats as well. So Messi's number one, closely followed by Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and then my next three are probably Maradona, just because of what he did for Argentina in the 1986 World Cup. It's just unbelievable. Something that Messi um, needs to try and replicate here. Um, and then my other two would probably be Pele and then either R9 or Zidane um, nice. would be my number five. Have you guys gone to see any um, of your favorite players play, like actually go to a game? Yeah, so fortunately I've been able to watch um, a quite a few of Man United games and England games at home. So I've seen Ronaldo, Rooney. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, quite quite a lot of the most famous Man United players. And I also got to see, like, Xavi and Iniesta as well when England played Spain a few years ago. That's really cool. And you, you guys? Uh, I got to see the original Ronaldo, the one that got really fat. Um, I got to see his last game in Brazil, his last, like, game ever when I was in Brazil. Wow. It was a horrible game. It was, like, Brazil versus... um. Very bad, like small, like country team, and like, ah, man, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, it might have been actually, yeah, I, maybe a European team. Um, but it was, it was cool to see his last game. He was horrible at that time, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's what's up. And you, Jimmy? So unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of them play. Uh, hopefully, if hopefully I'll be able to see Messi play, hopefully before he retires, but. I got to I got to go to Peru to watch um their last qualifying game against Paraguay before they had to go to Qatar to play um Australia. Oh nice. Yeah, I think I saw it on your Instagram. That's cool. Yeah. Uh were there any soccer players growing up that you guys wanted to be like and who influenced your playing style? Um the the one for me was um always Rooney. Was always my idol, Wayne Rooney growing up. Um yeah, he. I loved his kind of tenacity and his uh, street footballer, um, okay. soccer player. I mean, um, like approach. Um, and then also, oh, this is very, uh, you know, controversial because I'm a Man United fan. But I loved the way that Steven Gerrard played, and I kind of because I was a centre midfielder, I kind of based my play off him. I feel like growing up, a lot of kids wanted to play like Messi, dribble like. Dribble like Messi, dribble like Neymar. I I was I was one of those kids that would watch highlights before a game to try to mimic what somebody what they would do. But obviously, it's not something that the an ordinary uh, kid could do at that at that time. It comes with a lot of talent. So I am a center midfielder too. So as I got older, I had to start basing my my game around other center midfielders. So I mean, I watched a lot of Sergio Busquets. I watched a lot of Chavi, um, yeah, this this goes on right. and on. And Felipe, did you ever play soccer for school, or was it always like recreational? Yeah, I, I, my, I was mainly recreational. You know, I grew up in uh, Texas, um, so even though I had a Brazilian uh, family and background there, I was way more influenced by in my like social aspects from football, by fo like football, football, American football. Um, so I, I grew up playing that. Uh, so I didn't have. I wouldn't say I had a. Uh, particular player who influenced uh how I wanted to play the game of soccer itself but again you know I appreciated uh watching so many of these players I like you say as far as like skill wise uh Messi what he was able to do I think it's just 
so fun to watch. It's it's an art. Um, so I loved watching watching him do that. But I think um guys like Ibrahimovic who bring like a different aspect uh to soccer, you know, the size, the strength. Um and then just, you know, speed from different types of guys. Uh, Mbappe right now is so fun to watch because of obviously the athletic ability uh, that a lot of guys don't have. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely did, you know, translate to, to other sports as well for me. Right. And as a proud Brazilian, like you said, do you have high expectations for Brazil this year for the team? Yeah, man, I, I do. Uh, you know, Brazil had the best odds uh, going into the tournament uh, to, to win it all. Um but that doesn't mean, you know, I don't rely too much on that. Brazil, I feel like ever since I was a kid, it's Brazil, Brazil. It's a powerhouse. And they have they won in 2002. I was way too young. to. I was four years old, so I don't even, like, really recall that. But I remember the first World Cup I really paid attention to was 2006, where we got we lost to uh, France um, and I think the semis, possibly, or the quarters. Um, and... Is, and then I experienced the next ones and then Neymar is like the next great. And then he doesn't live up. So I feel like in a time where I've really, you know, been watching Brazil is always a favorite and always has always falls somehow. And, and so I kind of have reservations, although I do think this is the deepest team that Brazil has had in a while. Uh, Cause I don't think it's all revolving around Neymar, which I think it has in the past. So if he gets hurt, it's done. Uh, so I am confident about Brazil. This year. probably the most confident I've been uh, since I really started watching. Awesome. Awesome. So according to Peche Football on TikTok, he said in a video that at every World Cup, there's always that one team that breaks expectations. Just four years ago, Croatia made it to the final of the Russia World Cup after taking down some of the biggest nations in the world. In 2002, surprisingly, Turkey and South Korea played each other in the third place match. Are there any teams you guys think are the under underdogs and have potential to make it far this year? So originally when... When I saw this question, I had I had it being Canada because when I first saw Canada play um, against, I forgot who, who they played, but they played really well against them. So I was very, I had high hopes for Canada. But after today, Canada lost bad to Croatia. They lost 4-1. So I feel like now it'll probably be, I, I have my eyes on Morocco as some as a nice underdog right now. Morocco, okay. And what about you, Stefan? Um... I don't actually really think that any of the underdog type teams are going to go that far this year. I think they have the capability of springing yard upsets like Saudi Arabia have done and like quite a few teams have done actually. Um, but I don't think that they're, anyone's going to make it past, say, the quarterfinal. Um, if I was going to choose one, my initial instinct would probably be Poland if you call them an underdog. Okay. And you, yeah, Felipe? I kind of, I agree with that. Um, I would say if I had to lean in one direction, and if, like, again, if you want to call them an underdog, I guess they're not a powerhouse, so uh, maybe a dark horse, I would say Switzerland, who hasn't looked, um, who is in a tough group, obviously, they have Brazil there, but I think they have a cap capability to do something. Uh, but I don't think necessarily this is a year where uh, an underdog team is really going to make a deep run like that. But... Maybe Switzerland. Uh, back in 2020, Manchester United forward Marcus Rashford was targeted by trolls with a vile racist messages on social media after he failed with his spot kick at Wembley Stadium, along with his fellow black teammates Jaden Sancho and Bukayo Saka, who also missed their efforts. 
On an episode of LeBron James' Emmy Award-winning HBO series, The Shop, this past summer, Rashford downplayed the situation, saying, I feel like they just reacted to how they felt, whether it was three white guys or three black guys. That's just how they felt. I remember when Beckham was getting death threats. It happens, but they just want you to win. British actor Daniel Kaluuya interrupted him telling Rashford that the racism he felt was not okay and that it was actually systemic. According to the Daily Mail, it was Saka who missed a decisive kick to ensure Italy lifted the trophy, but the Arsenal star left in tears and needing to be consoled by his teammates, and his misery was compounded by the abuse he received in the aftermath. Comments included get out of my country, while others said go back to Nigeria, and some posted banana and monkey emojis on all three players' Instagram pages. What did you guys think of this? Yeah, so um, it was it was absolutely horrible to to see, I thought. Um, from... I was obviously watching all the games really closely and so many of these players have had unbelievable tournaments. Saka, I can't remember exactly how old he was at the time, but he was such, I think he was still a teenager. He just burst onto the scene and he came in and did an unbelievable job for England and got us to the final. Um, so to see, and after losing, my pain was already com was compounded by how horrible this was to see on Twitter and stuff like that. I thought it was such it's such a horrible it made England look like such a horrible place. Um and yeah, I do agree with um with the actor that you mentioned that um that it is systemic. Um I, I'm not sure that it's uh, just um a quick um it's like a reaction. I think that it, it does involve some um systemic racism. Um but yeah, it was so horrible to see and so um yeah, none of these players deserved it for what they did and how amazing that is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously again, like it doesn't even have to be said about how uh how bad of a situation that was. And I'm obviously caused shockwaves around the world, but I think it it was like this stuff needs to be publicized, uh, because it does happen. And you hear it happening in like Boston, right? Like it, it happens in this country, it happens in other places uh in the world, and I think that just shows that you know, the problems that we do have with, with race, um, that a lot of times people think is just in one country or another. And no, it's, it's, it really is worldwide. Uh, and then to see it in sport, it's, it sucks because that's supposed to be a place where we all are unified, right? Like supposedly, uh, so then to, for fans to do that, I mean, uh, again, again, I agree with the actor as well, that this isn't just, you know, obviously Rashford was trying to, uh, trying to rationalize it, uh, by like, you know, balancing it out, saying that like, oh, uh, who was who was it that you David said David Beckham? Uh, yeah, David Beckham yeah. got death threats. Well, it's it's different because yeah, any player could get death threats, but when you're talking about a thing of race, then obviously that is like pre uh, predetermined. Whatever you're saying, it's feelings of uh, that could cause you know problems in so many other aspects of the world, and that means you carry that and you're inflicting that and and in one way that sport um as a fan and then you can obviously assume that you're inflicting that in other areas as well uh so it's just obviously uh, a horrible thing but um at the same time like you know i do think that it helps to shine a light on these things because if you don't know this stuff is happening and a lot of people try to downplay it like there isn't racism in, in sports then it's gonna keep happening and you know we saw with lebron when lebron's house got vandalized and there was like the n-word all over uh his la home it's, it's it happens and uh but yeah that's that aspect is, is terrible and you know i respect rashford for trying to um kind of i guess like 
look at it from a bigger picture, but at the same time, we have to look at it for what it is. I agree. I agree. And you, Jimmy? Um, I feel like it was a horrific thing to see. Um, I was supporting England throughout the throughout the Euros, and I was very, it was very um excited to see them make the final. Um, it's it's very sad to see because a lot of the times when it comes down to um, to like black athletes, it's more so the fact if they're doing good, then everybody's on board with what's going on. But as soon as it as as well as with any pro athlete, but the the fact of the matter is. When it's somebody of when it's a person of color, it's race has something to do with the fact that they did bad or they did poorly, and this is systemic because it's constantly happening. So we see this anytime an upset happens and a person of color is at the at the face or at the end of the stick on what what occurred, and a lot of these guys come from like places in Africa and they choose to play for their home country. So they consider these countries to be their home countries and to play for them and then to not get the respect that they deserve is is very hard to see and it's very sad to see. Yeah. Or like when um like they win and then they go back to their country and they're still treated like yeah. any other any other person. It's like I just won a championship for the country. Like yeah. with respect. Yeah, it's really it sucks to see because like, I get it. Like, sports are serious. Like, soccer, people will take soccer very – it's almost like a religion. I remember, like, playing in middle school, and, like, I kicked the ball into the wrong goal, and people got upset. And it's one thing, like, for you to get upset, but it's another thing to bring race into it. Like, like how you were saying, um, if David Beckham, you know, makes a mistake, he'll get clowned on, or whoever any white person will get clowned on. But I think when it's a brown or black person, they kind of – it's like when you put race into it, then it makes the situation worse. So I like that the actor interrupted him and like, nope, that that was racism. Like, don't don't downplay it. So I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with all you guys. You've been Jimmy. You've been playing soccer pretty much all your life. As a proud Peruvian and Dominican, have you ever experienced racism while playing soccer on the team? Um, recreation? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the the good thing about growing up, <clears throat> obviously in New Rochelle, they, it was very diverse in New Rochelle. So I never felt as if I was like weirded out by anything. And there was a lot of like also white people that were accustomed to being around people like myself and people, Hispanic people, black people, you get me? So it was, it was very, um, it's very nice. But when you play against other teams that haven't quite been around uh, minorities often, they feel as if they can get a pass to say certain things. They feel certain they feel like they're entitled to say these things. And um, right. for the most part, yeah, you definitely, as as well as being Hispanic, being a brown person, you 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 hear it all, you see it all. Right, that's so true. And we're, Jimmy and I are from New Rochelle, and it's, it's a big Latino population, but it's also very diverse with many different cultures. So you definitely feel, it's kind of like a bubble. Like I didn't really experience any type of prejudice until I left that bubble. And I was like, oh, I thought, I thought everywhere was like near a show. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, so it's interesting. Stefan, have you ever had to call out a friend, cousin, teammate for being racist while you were playing soccer? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I have actually. It's to um, one of my, um, one of my, a family member who made a snide remark. And uh, I just had to say, no, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, but overall, that there have been very, very few occasions. That's the only occasion that I can think of. Something like that's happened. 
Um, I grew up in Birmingham in England, which is also very diverse. Um, okay. There's a lot of um, black people and there's a lot of people from India and Pakistan and yeah, all over the place. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm lucky that I've been around everyone my whole life. And obviously coming over to America as well, there's people from all over the world and stuff. Um, and so I'm lucky in that there hasn't been any real occasions where I felt that I've had to call someone out on something. So, That's good sure. though. Like I said it, um, I had Felipe on the white privilege episode this summer, this past summer, no, last summer. Um, and I said, like, we always, we always hear these conversations from like people like me, like black people, but I think it hits different when a white person speaks about social justice. And I think that's exactly what you have to do. Like white people have to call out the racism. You have to call out other white people for them to get it. Cause I feel like if they see you, it's like, oh, let me listen to my bro. When it's me, it's like, oh, just another angry black guy. So I think conversations like those are like so important. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think it's important that people have got to have the bravery as well to do it um, and not be scared of what people are going to say to you. Right, like you, it, it's okay to stand up to your friend, your cousin, your teammate. Um, and it's like you cheer on your favorite black players, whether it's LeBron, whether it's anybody in soccer. But then when it comes down to Black Lives Matter, it's like people don't care. It's like, no, you have to, they're black at the end of the day. They take the jersey off. They have to go back into society. So I think that's that's important. I like that. Um, on Tuesday, November 22nd, it was announced that Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United parted ways. According to ESPN, Ronaldo has agreed a mutual termination of his contract following his explosive interview with Piers Morgan, in which he criticized United and manager Eric Ten Hag. In a statement issued by Manchester United, they said the club thanks him for his immense contribution across two spells at Old Trafford, scoring 145 goals and 346 appearances, and wished him and his family well for the future. What did you guys think of this? Where do you think Ronaldo will go next? I mean, we've seen the situation with Ronaldo. I think we all expected it to be a better situation when he first arrived there uh, at Man U, but um, obviously not great. Uh, and and the way everything transpired. And I think the, the most shocking part to me was that not that I expected him to be like the most amazing teammate, but you just saw how he rubbed off on the team um, and how, you know, the club just uh, didn't perform uh, up to the level that uh, it was expected to. Um, but uh, as far as where he's going to go next, I saw a report today. I think that one of the, uh, I think a Saudi Arabian team, uh, a club out there offered him like an insane amount of money. Like what, like wow. millions of dollars or of their, uh, what, uh, I forgot what currency it was, but for him to go out there. And it's like, I, he's going to have those, he's going to have uh, an opportunity to, I think, play at a lot of different places. Um, but, you know, part of me wants him to, to, to stay in the, in the premier league. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's very sour because at the beginning of the season, Ronaldo did want to leave. He was pushing for a move away. And um, Ten Hag was telling him, no, like you got to stay here. We need you. And then just to have him on the bench, I feel like was very disrespectful to him. Not only was Ronaldo also being disrespectful to the team, walking out early during during matches and things like that, but it's it's very it's a very sour um, subject, especially for one of the greatest to ever play the game to to see him on the bench week in and week out. But for the most part, I feel like Ronaldo wants to continue playing at a high level for as long as he can. So. 
we'll know more at the end of the World Cup. But for the most part, I feel like he's still going to try to place in Europe. He's 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 called Mr. Champions League for a reason because he scores goals in the Champions League. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to another team in order to stay in the Champions League. I'd be incredibly disappointed if he did uh, go to Saudi Arabia. I don't want him to finish his career at um, in that league. I just think it would would slightly tarnish his. Uh, and I just don't see the point. He's already got so much money. I, I, he doesn't need all that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. In in terms of with Man United, I think both himself didn't um he didn't handle the situation very well. And I think there's a little bit of it. It's it's quite sad to see a player who's had such an astonishing career um, kind of struggle with the fact that he, that's, in my opinion, he can't really come to terms with the fact that his, that his career is coming to an end and that he can't play at the same level as he, as he previously has. Um, having said that, I do agree also that Manchester United and Ten Hag haven't um, dealt with the situation incredibly well. I don't think, um, I think that all of this could have been avoided if they allowed Ronaldo to leave um, earlier on in the season. Additionally, um, I do think that Ronaldo was unfairly criticised last year. Um, I do agree that Man United are a better team without him. However, he didn't really do much wrong last year. He did what he had to do. Um, He scored quite a lot of important goals. Um, It just just wasn't right all around on both sides for him to ever join Manchester United. Uh, switching gears to a lighter note, like Super Bowl parties, are you guys having or going to World Cup watch parties with your friends and family? Yeah, um, I do not have anything planned at the moment. Uh, I got to look at flight back home for uh, for the break for, you know, the end of year. So I guess I'm still figuring that out, but definitely it's going to be a big uh, watch party wherever I'm at, whether it's with uh, friends or family. Uh, if I'm with family, then it's going to be super intense, especially if uh, Brazil does make it that far. Um, but if not, then I'll uh, figure something out with friends for sure. Um, yeah. So for the England games, um, I've always, we've had a load of people around our house. Um, obviously a lot of the English lads. Um, and then the other games, we've just been, yeah, all watching together. The other day, we went to a bar um, to watch the England-USA game with the whole team, basically. Um, and then, yeah, we're, for every major game, we're, we're going to watch it together somewhere. So, unfortunately, it's not really family because of the fact that Peru is not really in it. So, in Dominican Republic, yeah, probably be a while. <laughs> yeah. That happen. But um, for the most part... A lot of me and my friends, I got Colombian friends. Colombia didn't make it either, but I got a couple, I got a couple, I got a lot of Mexican friends. So the other day we watched Mexico. Yesterday we watched Mexico, Argentina. We were all together. So whenever we can, especially because everybody lives like far away from each other, we try to come together whenever we can. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that uh, Puerto Rico has never qualified and Jamaica only qualified once. That would have been nice to see. Um, But who knows? Maybe in the future. Uh, so I know you guys got to leave quick. I'll try to do the rapid fire questions real quick. Um, so the, for the TCP rapid fire question, my first question is, what makes you laugh the most, uh, Felipe? What makes me laugh the most? Uh, that's supposed to be rapid fire, but damn. Uh, <laughs> probably uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, I'm going to get with that. Okay. Okay. Stefan? Probably say sarcasm between 
friends. Nice. Uh, yeah, and that British sarcasm hits different. <laughs> uh, Jimmy? No, yeah, no, nah, definitely when just when I'm with my friends, it's always last. I'm always laughing. So if I'm with my friends, then I know I'm having a good time. Nice, nice. Uh, three things you're grateful for. Uh, Stefan. I'll go for three things I'm grateful for. Um, my health, knock on wood. Um, my, um, I'll just say soccer in general. And lastly, my family. Nice. Jimmy? Yeah, I've got to say, I have to say family. Um, got to be my dog. I love my dog and um, my friends. Nice. And Felipe? Uh, yeah, I'll go family number one. Absolutely. Um, for sure, friends. It sounds cliche, but it is. Um, and uh, I think sports in general. Love it. And I, and I think right now it's such a rich time with everything going on. So definitely sports. Nice. It's a nice outlet. Yeah. So um what would you tell your younger self i'll go with jimmy um i tell my younger self that things do get better so just just stick it out and you'll see facts facts felipe uh i would you know tell my younger self to uh not stress too much about uh you know where you're gonna be in a couple years where you're gonna be i think i always uh am just so focused on you know being reaching the, the next level and like peak and stuff like that and sometimes you miss the moments uh that are happening right then so i would just say uh you know enjoy the moment enjoy now uh and everything works out and, and what you know in a given time i like that and Stefan, um i tell my younger self to um put down that beer i think <laughs> No, nice. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, okay. I'd, 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 I'd say to um to focus on the right things in life. I like that. I like that. Uh, last rapid fire question: Where do you see yourself in five years? I'll start with Felipe. Uh, yeah, I see myself really enjoying uh my profession uh which I do now, but I think continuing to grow uh and maintaining strong relationships with friends uh, and family and uh, probably in New York, if geographically, probably still in New York. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Uh, you, Jimmy? Um, five years. I hope to still be in Westchester, somewhere in Westchester. I want to have traveled to a good amount of countries. I still I really want to go to England. I really want to go to England, catch a West Ham game. Um, but, yeah, like, like Felipe said, I want to be doing my profession, making sure that I'm in a, in a good state. And yeah. Nice. And you, Stefan? Yeah, I definitely want to have traveled a lot more in the next five years. Um, hopefully go to um, like Asia and Australia. Um, and then I also want to have hopefully made a solid dent into a career uh, that I enjoy. Awesome. Awesome. Hopefully, hopefully that works. Hopefully that plans out. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. It was really fun. Um, where can everyone follow you guys? Um, so, yeah, they can follow me on – I'm on Instagram if they want to follow me, Stefan Mason. Um, and then also try and come to a Hofstra men's soccer game. I've got one year left next year, so you can follow me there if you want. Nice. Awesome. Oh yeah, I'll give out I'll give out my Instagram, uh Felipe underscore Fontes33. Uh I'm I'm not I'm 
can't speak. I'm doing a podcast as well, uh, which is mainly on like football, American football. Uh, so you can follow that caps off podcast on, on Instagram. Uh, we say a lot of dumb stuff, but uh, it's fun. Nice. Thank you, Jimmy. I've, I've been meaning to change. I've been meaning to change my Instagram name, but I never get around to it, but it's Jimmy underscore D a underscore G O D. So yeah. Instagram since middle school. That's so funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, your team's Instagram. Oh, yeah. Follow, if you're watching this, follow Dub Nation FC on Instagram, TikTok. On TikTok is official, official Dub Nation. Awesome. So support Jimmy's team, listen to Fleet Base Podcast, and support the Hofstra men's soccer team. Um, you can watch the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar on Fox. For Spanish-speaking viewers, you can watch all World Cup matches on Peacock. Uh, para los espectadores de habla hispana, se puede ver todos los partidos de la Copa Mundial en Peacock. Be sure to leave a rating for this Ronson's podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to this Ronson's podcast YouTube channel and click the notification bell up top to be notified whenever I upload a new episode. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you.